I want us to really consider this evening uh, how do we desire God's glory? How do we desire God's presence? What does it mean to walk in God's presence? How does that happen? And the, the title is um, Desiring, Desiring His Presence, God's Presence. And the first thing I want to do is I want to read for us this evening in Exodus 33. There's many, many scriptures from Genesis through to Revelation that talks about God's presence, God's glory, and how God visited many of the leaders and prophets of the Old Testament with his glory, as well as the new. But we're looking at a very special man that we all know this evening. His name is Moses. And uh, we're going to read from, Genesis, from Exodus 33, 1 through to 6. The Lord said to Moses, Depart, go up from here, you and the people whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt, to the land of which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, saying, To your offspring I will give it. I will send an angel before you, and I will drive out the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jesuits. Go up to a land flowing with milk and honey, but I will not be among you, lest I consume you on the way, for you are a stiff-necked people. When the people heard this disastrous word, they mourned, and no one put on any of his ornaments. For the Lord had said to Moses, Say to the people of Israel, You are a stiff-necked people. If for a single moment I should go up among you, I would consume you, so now take off your ornaments that I may know what to do with you. Therefore the people of Israel stripped themselves of their ornaments from Mount Herob onwards. I want to just share a few thoughts tonight on desiring the presence of God. And to desire the presence of God means sacrifice. We, we have to sacrifice to desire the presence of God. It comes naturally. If we really want God, we have to give up something. Call it sacrifice, call it putting something aside, call it what we will, but in order to really walk in the presence of God, to desire the presence of God, to remain in God's presence, then we have to give up something. It might be some everyday thing that we want to give up. And the interesting thing to notice about Moses, he was, he'd led the children of Israel from Egypt, he'd led them across the Red Sea, he was doing everything that God had told him to do. And God, he, God had now spoken to him and told him what to do about the, about the promise that he'd given him. He'd made a promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and to the, all their offspring, that God would bless them, and God would take care of them, and they would multiply. And he's telling Abraham, he's reminding Moses of this again. And he says he will send an angel before him to defeat the enemies that are out there that he has to contend with. But the one thing he says, God says to Moses, I will not go with you. And Moses, the, mo the one thing Moses desired more than anything was the presence of God. To go without the presence of God was, n was a no deal for Moses. He didn't want what God had offered unless God was going to come with him and with his presence, unless God was going to give him his presence. The presence of God meant more to Moses than anything else that God, that God had promised him. And I wonder for us, what does the presence of God mean for us? What, what 
does it mean for us collectively? What does it mean for us individually? Because with God, we are all individual. We're walking our journey individually with God. We can't, we walk it collectively in fellowship, but our personal journey, the personal presence of God is individual. It's something we desire of God and we need to find it with God. And in the verses we read in Exodus 33, we see that God was fulfilling his promise that he'd given to Abraham, the one he had sworn to Abraham. He was fulfilling that, and he was even sending angels before Moses. But the one thing that was not happening, he wasn't going with them. His presence was not going with them. And that was something that Moses was really struggling with. God... Um, Moses, it was no deal for Moses to go without God's presence, for nothing was worth anything without the presence of God. And I wonder for us tonight, what matters most to us? What material things, what relationships, what friendships, what families, what career, what studies, what really matters most to us that we place above the presence of God? They're all very legitimate things in their own right, Careers are important, studies are important, business is important, making money is important, family is important, or that one special person that you're looking to meet, male or female, those are all really important things. But are they higher than God in your life? Do they take a higher place in your life than God? Is your focus on those rather than God? Where is the focus? And what are we really, really wanting from God if we won't make the effort to sacrifice something for God. Now, it doesn't mean to say that God's going to take all those things from us, no. But if we have God in the uttermost part of our life, if he's the center, like in our biological life, you know, if there's a problem in our heart, if one of the ventricles is leaking, if we have an aorta which is damaged, we're sick people. We're really sick people. And you know, it's no different with God. If we're out of sync with God, and if God is not completely central in our life, then we can't enjoy his presence. Then we can't desire, we won't be desiring his presence if he's not right in the center of our being. God, God is asking for a people, and I wonder as I read, um, Exodus 33 and further back, Exodus 32 and even Exodus 34. Uh, God is desiring there, he's talking about a stiff-necked people in verse 9 in Exodus 32. And uh, why are the people stiff-necked? And I, I, I really thought about this and, and really believe that, you know, sometimes when God really blesses us or we come and this church, because we're cell church, we go on encounters and many things like that. And we go on an encounter and we really come before God in genuine repentance and confession. And we call out to God and we make promises to God that we won't go back there, that we'll keep moving forward. But we come back to life and Monday morning's always quite tough and the week goes on and things clamor into our lives that block the flow of God. And you know, the promises we've made to God we fall back and we're no longer walking in the presence of God. And you know, that's what happened with the children of Israel in, uh, back in, Gen in Exodus 24. God had spoken to them. God had spoken to Moses and told Moses, together with three of his leaders and 70 elders, to come up the mountain. And God met with Moses in the mountain. But it's interesting there in that chapter that God said he left Aaron and her to look after the people. 
and he said to, to settle any disputes while he was away. So obviously he knew the people were going to be disagreeable with each other. And uh, the interesting thing there, I think, anyhow, when Moses was up the mountain, the people got tired. He was up there for 40 days and 40 nights, and the people got a bit tired waiting for Moses to come down the mountain. They wanted their own gods. And I wonder how often we get tired waiting for God to move, waiting for the presence of God, waiting for answered prayer, so we decide to do something our way. And this is what the children of Israel did. And what is really interesting there, as a, you know, Aaron was in charge with her, but instead of him influencing the people, the people influenced him because he made their golden calf for them and they began to worship, bow down and worship them. And you know, this speaks to me of believers, how important it is for us to keep the right company, to go to the right places, because invariably, we are influenced by the people we hang out with, we're influenced by the places we go. And if we're walking and, it, and socializing continuously with non-believers who have got different view in life to us, invariably they influence us more than we influence them. So that's what happened with Aaron. He was influenced by the people. Instead of him looking after the people, the people influenced him, and he ended up making golden casts for them. So when Moses came down, he had to deal with the rebellion of the people. And that's why God called them a stiff-necked people, because they had completely rebelled against God. And you know, the thing is, that was an idol they had made. But for us, what takes us away from desiring the presence of God? What keeps us away from it? And I've heard it said that, you know, an idol promises everything, but delivers nothing. And that's true for everything. You know, if you're not in sync with God, the promises are great, but they deliver nothing. But if you're walking with God, God's promises are yea and amen every time. And if you search the scriptures for God's promises, everything God says in the scriptures, it's ours if we lay hold of it by faith in Christ. We can truly believe God. If God said the mountain's coming down, the mountain will come down. If God said he's promised you something and you know it's not just wishful thinking, you have assurance of God's promise, then God will fulfill his promise. Amen? Amen. So what keeps us from seeking God's promise? Mo Moses desired that promise more than anything else. Nothing could keep him from it. I believe God is looking for a people, not like the children of Israel who rebelled against him and who made their own gods, but God is looking for a people who earnestly, earnestly seek him. God is looking for a people who will lay everything aside to seek God, whether that's whatever it is, and there are very, very many legitimate things, but how many things are we going to lay aside in order to seek God's presence, to desire his presence? Because there is nothing greater than the presence of God. We will never be content or fulfilled in anything earthly that we can gain if we don't have the presence of God. The presence of God brings contentment. It brings fulfillment. It brings satisfaction. It brings peace. It brings everything that is promised in the scriptures. It truly does. And you see in chapter 33, in verse seven, Moses, who desired God's presence, he took himself outside the camp. 
he made a tent outside the camp. I wonder why he did that. I think he did that because, you know, in the camp, the people were murmuring, they were moaning, nothing was right, even though God had supplied their every need, fresh food every morning, everything was supplied for them, but they were still murmuring. And I believe that their murmuring was interfering with Moses being able to really, really stay in the presence of God, to enter into the presence of God. So he took himself outside the camp. He made a tent outside the camp. It says in verse 7 in, Genesis, in Exodus 33, Now Moses used to take the tent and pitch it outside the camp, far from the camp, and he called it the tent of meetings. I believe he went there so he could really, really spend quality time with God. Where do we go? Where is our tent? to spend quality time with God? Where do we take the time out of our day, the time out of our week, the time out of our lives to really spend quality time with God? It's not just, hi God, how are you? Good day, you know, it's, I need this. And we go with a shopping list to God and we say, I need, 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 need. And we forget to listen and to desire the presence of God. We need to take time out to know God. What's God saying to us? What are the things that God wants to pour into your life and my life that we miss because we haven't taken time out to hear God and to spend quality time with God? So Moses went outside the camp so that he could really focus on God. And the, God, and the Lord spoke to Moses every time. And then down in verse 11 of the same chapter, the Lord is speaking to Moses again, and the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. That's how God wants to speak to us, face to face, no barriers, nothing between us, God and us. He wants to look at us in the eye, face to face, and really speak to us. And he wants us to listen and to stay with him until he is finished speaking with us, to know him, to be intimate with him. And you can't be intimate with someone unless you spend time with them. So we need to spend time with God in order to be intimate with God, yes? And in verse 11, thus says the Lord, uh, the Lord, thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. When Moses turned again into the camp, his assistant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. So Joshua wanted the presence of God. He stayed in the tent after Moses had gone. He remained because he wanted to know and be active in the presence of God. How do we get, how do we go about experiencing personal presence of God? We know that God is omnipresent in our lives every day. As believers, God is omnipresent. We know that, but how personally, how do we get that personal presence of God in our life? Well, I've alluded to it. We need to spend time with God. If you are here and you're a Christian tonight and you want to experience that personal presence of God, we can make lots of time for that tonight. But if you don't know Jesus yet and you're thinking, what, how can I get presence of God? What's it all about? You can know Jesus right where you are right now. We're going to stop and give you an opportunity. If you want to know Jesus and if you don't know him, tonight you can have an opportunity right now to get to know God because there are people here who've got packs. If you just raise your hand, there'll be someone who will come to you tonight who will pray with you and will give you something to take away if you don't yet know Jesus so that then you can really get to know the personal presence of God. 
for the Christian, we need to evaluate where, in order to, in order to really get to know God, in order to know, get his presence. You know, if you're setting a goal in life, you've got a goal where you want to go, you need to know where you are before you know where you want to go. And you can't really strategize and plan where you want to be if you don't know where you are. So as Christians, we need to, be, we need to know where are we at with God? How honest are we with God? Are we honest with ourselves? God knows anyhow, but are we honest with ourselves when we're evaluating where we're at? Are we truly honest with ourselves? Are we prepared to be vulnerable and be honest? And if we need to talk it through with someone, talk it through with them. If we need to confess sins, then we confess our sins. If we need restoration, God is the restorer. So we need to be honest where we're at. And if we need to release forgiveness and rep repentance and forgiveness, then we need to do that. Because you cannot get to the next goal until you evaluate the goal where you, the, where you are actually at, and then you know where you're going. So we need to be honest. We need to really allow the Holy Spirit to expose in our hearts tonight anything that's hindering us from moving in the presence of God. God desires to spend time with us. God loves us intimately. It's unconditional love. And we are his children. He is our father. And he weeps over us. He wants our time. He wants us to spend time with him. He wants us to experience his presence. Do we want to experience that? Well, we need to readjust our lives, maybe. We need to take a good look at our lives and see where we're at, how honest are we, and we need to really allow God to do a mighty work within us if that's what's needed to, see, to sort out our lives, to clean up our lives. Because you know, if your life is full of junk, for lack of a better word, and the Holy Spirit comes and restores and does things in it. It's not a deep work because there's garbage already there that needs to come out before the Holy Spirit can really settle into our lives and really do a great work within us. So if we're half full of something, then we're only half full of God's presence. So we need to be empty in order for God's presence to fill us and restore us to full measure that God would have us be. And you know, we may not be feeling anything about God's presence. We may not be feeling the presence of God, but that doesn't mean to say that God's presence isn't here. If we desire it, we seek it, and we give God time, God will manifest his presence with us. So we are desiring his presence. We keep seeking him through reading the word and prayer. We get rid of all the stuff that is blocking the passage of the presence of God. We have, to, we have to be honest with ourselves. We have to clear out all the rubbish that's holding back, all the stuff that's stopping the deep work of the Holy Spirit within us. It's imperative that we do that in order to receive the fullness of the presence of God. So we deal with blockages. We shouldn't allow anything to get in the way of me and God, you and God, because the presence of God 
is the most important thing, is the most important thing. There is nothing beyond it, there's nothing greater. There are many legitimate day-to-day -day things which are marvelous, but there's nothing to compare with the presence of God. When you spend time with God, you know, years ago, as a, as a Christian, years ago, uh, I always knew in my head that God loved me from the cradle, as it were, and um, all those years through Sunday school and the various things, I knew God loved me but I had an overwhelming desire to know the Father heart of God for me personally. So I was reading in, in Genesis 32 about Jacob, and I thought, well, why don't I just go for a Jacob experience? And I thought, do you know, I'll just stay there in that shut away with God for as long as it takes until he reveals the Father heart to me. I wanted to know what God really thought about it. Now, you might think that's a strange thing, but I wanted to really see and know what God felt. And the revelation, it didn't take days. I wasn't there for days on end. I wasn't even there for a whole day. After about three hours, I had the most amazing revelation of God the Father's heart of love for me. And that's the same for you. But you have to seek him for it. You have to ask him for it. And once you've seen how God views you, you're never the same. You can't go back when you see how God really loves you, when you see how God really views you as his son or his daughter. So I would encourage you, spend time with God and he will not disappoint you. You know, in Psalm 139, it says, um, where can I go from your presence, Lord? Because God is everywhere. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Shiloh, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. So we cannot run from God's presence. We cannot hide from God. Therefore, why do we try? Why don't we just give in and have that relationship with God, desire him, desire his presence? We can't escape him. We can't run from God, we can't hide. Wherever we go, the darkest cupboard, the faraway land, the deepest sea, wherever we go, we cannot escape God. God is everywhere. So we should just give in to God and experience his presence because he is everywhere. When God told Moses he would eventually come, Mo Moses couldn't wait, he wanted God's presence so much. He, that's why he made that tent outside the, outside the camp and called it the tent of meetings. He wanted to meet with God. My question tonight is, do you want to meet with God? Do you want to have a deeper relationship with God? Do you want to know God's presence? And we're talking very much about being in the river of God, flowing in that river of God. And in order to really, really flow in the river of God and to experience that, we need to spend time with God. We need to know God afresh. Even as believers, we need to come to a fresh knowledge of God, a fresh place in God where we can truly, truly connect and just talk with him like he talked with Moses, man to man. We can talk with God because he is our father and he's our heavenly father and he will never disappoint us. He will never reject us. He will never say negative things to us. He may correct us, but he won't ever push us away. He will always have open arms to receive us. So my question tonight is, do we really want God? And if we do, let's do business with God tonight. Amen?